Dwayne Burge of The Hollywood Reporter calls it good old knockdown slapstick with just the right dose of cruelty thrown in. The Kansas City Kansans Steve Crum calls it tasteless one-joke premise actually evokes laughs. And Warren Spector of the Austin Chronicle said, what we have here is a film with no respect for the laws of nature, the laws of man, or the intelligence of the viewer. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of 1989's Weekend at Bernie's. Which one will it be? Hey everybody, welcome to the Ruined Childhoods podcast in which my brother John and I discuss uh, beloved movies and franchises of our youths and whether or not they should be rebooted, remade, sequeled, prequeled, spun off, or just left alone. Um, and let me introduce my brother, John Richardson. Hey, John. Hey, how's it going, Dan? It's going all right. How's your week been? It's been pretty crazy. I am heading out on a red eye tomorrow night, and I'm going to see our other brother, Scott. Scott. And, uh, going to New York, and it's going to be a great time. Will you be enjoying one of Scott's pizza tours while you're in New York? I will York? not. No. Okay. No, sir. Uh, so, yes, to uh, to kind of follow up on what you were talking about, these are the movies that we are uh, honoring, that we are celebrating, that have kind of been sitting in the wings, or maybe some of them not so much, and the questions have been coming up. And you know what? This has been a very active week in reboot, remake news, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple things popping up here and there. Uh, why don't we talk first about Molly Ringwald? Molly who, Ringwald. Who we brought up on the last episode of the podcast. Yeah, and I know we're two for two with uh, Ringwald mef- uh, references. Um, so uh, Molly Ringwald uh, was quoted in an interview with Entertainment Weekly this week about the um, possibilities of a Breakfast Club remake. Which, of course, uh, fans of The Breakfast Club, people who uh, grew up with it, uh, I don't think any of us really want that. I'm all for movies for the new generation of, of high school kids that could be maybe based on the concept of kids from different cliques being forced to come together. But it's 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 a new age and... It's t- I would say leave it alone. Don't do anything with it. But Right. And we could have an entire episode on The Breakfast Club, but it would really it'd be pretty short because I think that we agree with each other that it should just be left alone. And I feel like in a lot of ways, like you said, it's easy to get, you know, one person from different uh, cliques, uh, different archetypes of teenage uh, high school students together in one room. I it seems like that's prob- that there probably already are movies that are doing that exact same thing. Yeah. Just flying or out more of like, our radars. Or, or it's more like Netflix series, honestly. Like if they were going to do anything inspired by The Breakfast Club, honestly, a Netflix series, that's what I mean, kids love their Netflix series, the movies that are made geared <laughs> towards tweens. I, um, by the way, I am a high school teacher, which is how I know a lot about the Netflix viewing habits of teens because it occasionally happens during my lessons. When Stranger Things 2 premiered, I did have to actively ask everyone to not watch Stranger Things 2 during class. Do you ever uh, ask your kids if they know what happens when they mess with the bull? I just, I show them, I do the signal. I do the, I put up the horns there. And <laughs> I just, the horns. I just do the thing. And I just do the thing that, that the principal does in that. Um, I'm blanking <laughs> on his name. So it's a good thing we're not doing our episode on The Breakfast Club. But I just want to read this quote from Molly Ringwald, where she said, and this is 
this is kind of how I feel. She said, you can't reboot the John Hughes movies. And I would say maybe of all of them, Breakfast Club the most. So I would say Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I don't see how you can do that again without unless it's unless you actually get Matthew Broderick back and you do like Ferris Bueller's like retirement or something. Right. So but John, the John Hughes movies are. Yeah. Untouchable for me. I mean, I'm thinking about like Uncle Buck. Um, I could potentially see. I mean, they tried a sitcom. Also, it's like that's true. Kevin Meany was was sadly no John Candy. No, nor is anybody. Other than uh, John so, let's Candy. move on. To, other than John Candy, let's move on to uh, the other bit of reboot news and it's i it's crazy to even call this news because this is just something that's part of our lives now where it's a matter of who's going to be the next batman because uh ben affleck has says that he is going to pass the torch on to somebody else and Mm -hmm. uh i guess matt reeves who was involved with the latest iteration of the planet of the apes movies which i really enjoy yeah he did a great uh, job is going to be yeah, it's going to be doing the next one, which is supposed to be more of like a beginnings noir style, like about the real, like the, like the greatest detective. Right, um, but not... Like the Dark Knight. But not, as I'm told, based on the Batman Year One series. That's... Yeah, and we don't like, know much. Yeah, I mean, with as far as Batman movies go, it's kind of like... Whatever. <laughs> this will definitely talk about. I mean, the the 30th anniversary of the original big screen Batman, uh, directed by Tim oh, yeah, Burton, right? Because the Adam West was that just straight? Was that just a TV movie? I. That's a good question. Uh, that's something. Batman the movie. Yeah, I I felt like it was a TV movie that maybe then got, uh, got like a theatrical release. Yeah, but at That's least it was, it, I mean, it was, what, 30 years between that and, no, 20 years, it would be Third, 20 no, years between that yeah. one, but, right, between the Adam West Batman and the um, the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman, which, I don't know, I, I, I wonder if it was because it had been 20 or so years since there was a Batman that it kind of, it was a little bit more special. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but also, yeah. I... I remember that uh, I remember it being released and I remember it was like, this is a totally different Batman. I get, I, cause I don't want to get off on a, on a bat tangent right now. <laughs> um, I will say, I remember seeing that trailer going to see the naked gun while it was still in, <laughs> in theaters, like seriously around this time of year in 1989 and seeing that first teaser for Tim Burton's Batman, and at that time, was it? I, I didn't. Was it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I didn't have any expectations. I had seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, but I didn't. I didn't make that connection at the time. It was just, oh, okay. And I'd seen Beetlejuice, of course, but it was, oh, okay. So Michael Keaton, who usually does comedy, is playing Batman, and Jack Nicholson, who's just awesome, is playing the Joker. And I remember. The shot they in the teaser trailer when he first when he's got the makeup and he shows up at uh, Jack Palance's place and he <laughs> pulls off the hat and steps out of the shadows for the first time with that makeup on. It was one of those. It was uh, it was one of those moments when I just knew I said I this movie is going to be something something different, and it really was. You know. I- in my mind, the trailer for Batman was just like the bat signal kind of appearing mm-hmm. with uh, lines of dialogue from the movie. But then I'm thinking that that might have been like Batman Forever. I, I feel think like there was one of the Batman movies where it was like a teaser that was just the bat signal I appearing. Think, I think it or was. was it a I bat think... approaching the screen? There was a bat acro- anyway. approach. I think it was Batman. It was either Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. But right. 
that is a, a that topic is a story for another, for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah I that can't... is definitely a story for another time. The story for this time, yeah, is Weekend at Bernie's, another nineteen eighty nine classic, right? Depending Ooh, on how you define see, classic, I want to see where they, uh, where Batman oh. and uh, Weekend at Bernie's <laughs> ranked against one another. I I, I checked this out earlier. Um, so. There, there are thirty-eight places between them. Batman coming in at number one. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's at number thirty-nine. Uh, That's it, right. It it was edged out by The Bear. Right, but it beat out Roadhouse. It beat out Roadhouse, which, if I remember correctly, Roadhouse did not have like the big cinematic theatrical release that that so befits it i remember it being well, a big video thing let's but let's just quickly talk about 1989 the year of sequels because the year of good sequels in the top 10 you have lethal weapon 2 yeah back to the future part 2 yeah and ghostbusters 2 okay <laughs> ghostbusters well <laughs> You know, I would say Ghostbusters 2 doesn't quite hold up the same way that Lethal Weapon 2 does, although I have a hard time watching Mel Gibson movies these days. That's, gee, you wonder why. Neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but still, like, Lethal Weapon holds, it, it holds up. Lethal Weapon 2 holds up. It, but 1989... Sure. Yeah. 1989 was just that summer. I remember there was something awesome coming out every week from uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right. Number two of the year. Right. And then Batman was like a month later. Field of Dreams. And also. Right. Which I think came out in um, April, but. And not just talking about summer, but uh, we also had one of our favorite movies, Parenthood. Yes. You also had uh, Christmas Vacation and the aforementioned Uncle Buck. Yeah. Well, and which Uncle Buck and Parenthood, I believe, both were like mid to late summer releases. I just, okay. Okay. I remember, I remember seeing Parenthood twice in the theater and, and like in one week, which would have probably only happened over the summer. So... <laughs> I, I absolutely love your memory from when you were like even 12 years old i you know i can't remember why i walk from from one end of the room to the other but i can tell you <laughs> when i saw i could tell you maybe not exactly when i saw weekend at bernie's but certainly the conditions under which i saw weekend at bernie's which that implies a lot something a lot more interesting than the true story <laughs> but i was i was 12 so um, I remember, I believe I had like stayed home sick from, from day camp. We went to day okay. camp. So, yeah, and I did. think I had had like a little cold and I stayed home sick, but apparently I wasn't too sick to ride my bike into the downtown area to the local movie theater to see Weekend at Bernie's. Oh my God. And I week- love it. Weekend at Bernie's was also significant for me because it was my first exposure to The Simpsons. Before the movie, really? There was a cartoon short that played, and it was The Simpsons. And that was the That's first. That's amazing. I remember they did it. There, there was. Um, Weekend at Bernie's, and then I didn't see War of the Roses in the theater later that year, but I knew someone else who did, who also said that they saw a Simpsons cartoon before the movie. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Old school Simpsons, like kind of the weird looking Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The Tracy Ullman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 That I didn't watch Tracy Ullman. I didn't know what it was. But anyway, that's sure significant that's pretty fascinating uh so uh weekend at bernie's if you haven't seen weekend at bernie's or heard of weekend at bernie's uh just a quick little rundown of the synopsis these two guys who work at some sort of accounting firm uh who are very low level discover that there is somebody who embezzled two million dollars from the company and they bring it up to the big boss uh, whose 
name is Bernie. What's Bernie's last name? Bernie Lomax. Lomax. Bernie Lomax. Yeah, great name. So they bring it up to Bernie Lomax, and he gets a little weird and tries to tell them that they're wrong, and then they prove that they're right. So then he invites them to spend a weekend at his house in the Hamptons. And then we find out he is the one who has been embezzling the money and is planning to get them killed. And hasn't he been embezzling the money or laundering the money for the mob? Oh, was it for the mob? I feel like it I was... I know he... I, because, uh, because they... The the target where Bernie Bernie sits down, he has that dinner with right. the, the, the mob looking fellows and yeah, Vito. Yeah. Um, is one of their names actually Vito or are you Vito is yeah. the, uh, the main guy. Okay. Yeah. So Vito. Oh, and Bernie is Bernie's having an affair with Vito's wife. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tina. So Tina. Uh, what makes me wonder, and you're probably right about him laundering money for the mob, but I have to wonder if why the mob would want to kill the guy who's laundering their money. Because now that I've seen shows like Ozark and uh, Breaking Bad, and I know a thing or two about money laundering... <laughs> It's like that person is a pretty special person. You don't want to mess with them too much. You're but, you're, you're you're implying that fact and research were part <laughs> of the screenwriting process. I I think Weekend at Bernie's. They just I think with Weekend at Bernie's it was let's let's say I think the reason why they were they were gonna kill Bernie was because he like he was sloppy, and these these low level guys. Um, that found. could be. I feel like we're. I feel like we're fixating on the wrong thing here. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> we're we're talking we're talking setup here. Well, no, it's going to come back because once we get to our 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 discussion, our, our real discussion here about yeah. it, I do have some ideas that will tie back to this. Got it. Right. So weekend comes along. They are at the beach house, and by this point, Vito's hitman, Polly, played by Don Calfa has already killed Bernie and set him up with like drugs in his pocket and stuff. So Richard and Larry, yep. the uh the 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 two guys, they discover him dead but keep him alive. Uh it's well they don't Sorry. So uh, if no, if I may. keep him alive but Right. No, but they don't. So they don't know what to do. So Richard, who's played by Jonathan Silverman and Larry, who's Andrew McCarthy, they find they find Bernie. They find the drugs. They think he's OD'd. I think they there was a fake note that was left. Oh yeah, there was a fake note that was but left. But they didn't they don't know about the note until oh, no, much right, later. Right. They don't find the note until it right, because I'm sorry. The they find the note later, but they keep... You all are listening so, to two guys try to remember how the and, weekend at Bernie's goes. I mean, I just watched it a few nights ago, but... So, <laughs> to focus, so to focus on the important part, what happens is while they're trying to figure out what to do, all of a sudden, this traveling party caravan right. walks in through like the beach entrance of Bernie's house, and... They just, it's all of these fancy Hamptons people who come in and they just, and they're so, this is actually, I was watching this and I was like, this is kind of some pretty like sardonic commentary here on the mm-hmm. 80s, you know, upper class, the the 1%. Yeah. yeah. Because they all just come in and they, they just, hey, Bernie, it's party time. And they have like the bodies on the couch. None of them notice none of them they all talk to him they all interact but they're so vapid and shallow that they don't even realize that he's dead like this guy keeps coming up to him trying to buy a car from him and when bernie doesn't answer the guy just thinks he's hardballing him so (laughs) it's yeah it's pretty fascinating yeah um if you do look at it with like a a critical eye of the time and the and wealth, then yeah, you could probably write a pretty good thesis on it. 
Seriously, I mean, it, it is a more, it is more of a, I guess, socially conscious satire than I had always given it credit for being. You and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I it, look, it's not, it, it's not the, right. you know, whatever. So just to, to wrap up, summing it up, uh, Bernie appears to be alive, even though we know that he isn't, and uh, Polly, the hitman keeps on seeing him active and keeps on trying to kill him over and over and over again. Um, Meanwhile, Larry and Richard are trying to find out who's killing him. It's kind of weird and it's not worth getting into. Yeah, they're they're Yeah, they're kind of well. And then meanwhile, Richard is trying to seduce this young intern yeah, Gwen, played by someone who's going to come up one more time on this podcast. Yes. Catherine Mary Stewart. Well, she may come up more the, than that, but not in relation to any other movies than th- these two. <laughs> right, that's true. So, uh, and she is the female lead in The Last Starfighter, which we will definitely talk about. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's this. it's so interesting how she is kind of like this thread in these cult classics because weekend at burnings is for sure a cult classic last starfighter amongst geeks is for sure a cult classic and there's Catherine mary stewart just like cruising in the back well not to mention hanging uh, out night of the comet right night of the comet and the apple was her first the apple is definitely a classic oh yes so Catherine mary stewart the unsung hero of the cult classic yeah you heard it here cms (laughs) all right yeah. Um, so, uh, and and I also just want to talk a little bit about Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman. Yes. Um, so, I mean, we've seen Andrew McCarthy definitely a ton in the past. Um, he was a Brat Jonathan Packer. Silver. He was a Brat Packer. Jonathan Silverman is a little new to the scene. Well, Jonathan um, Silverman, Jonathan Silverman's big, I guess his big, you know, big break as far as film goes was he played the lead in the the film was version it? of Brighton Beach Memoirs right in 1986 and that yeah. was he took Matthew Broderick had played it on on Broadway uh, the role but but Jonathan Silverman played it in the movie and, and did a fantastic job so seeing the two of these guys together for me as a child was significant because i don't know if i had known of any other Jonathans you know, especially like movie star Jonathan's. That was like, hey, there's a guy who's a lead in a movie and he's got the same name as me. And then Andrew McCarthy was like, he was playing this role. I mean, you look at it now and you're just like, oh man, what a dirtbag. But (laughs) he just like seemed so cool to me. He's just like this. He's a slacker. He's a slacker. He does that cool move in the office where he like hops up on a, chair and with one foot pushes the back down and lands on the ground and keeps on moving and he's, he's always like got a cigarette dangling goofy. out of his mouth <laughs> yeah he's just a lot of fun you just see him and you think that guy's a lot of fun yeah and um yeah i don't know i just the two of them together was just like of course yeah these two are brilliant yeah and it, it i made sense i tried i tried looking for um videos of any of the cast kind of talking about weekend at bernie's uh more recently and jonathan silverman briefly touches upon it when in an interview with larry king and doesn't really say anything about it he's just like who knew that this crazy movie would be so popular and like doesn't really get into it and then i saw something else with Catherine mary stewart and she's just like i thought that this was going to be just like you know they're walking around with a dead guy that's disgusting how could this ever be popular? And here we are talking about it in 2019. And and this is so in, interestingly, as I discovered through the IMDb trivia, Weekend at Bernie's was inspired by this Hindi movie. I can't pronounce the name of it, but um, and I don't have a translation of what it means, but it is streaming through Prime, so I kind of put it on, 
and was flipping around. And it's really the, as far as I could tell, the only part of that movie that it's based there, it it is a farce and it's actually one of the most popular Indian comedies, definitely of the 1980s, possibly ever. It it, it had, it was like re-released in 2012 in India. It was a big hit comedy and it's kind of a, it kind of has almost a kind of a fish called Wanda vibe to it. And there's really not there's there's confusion later later on in the film with dead bodies. And there's a sequence where these two guys who own this camera shop have the the dead body and they're trying to they keep trying to hide it. So it it was I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but from I just skipped around until I saw something that looked, oh, that looks like Weekend at Bernie's. And so that's that seems to be where where they got it from. Um, very so interesting. I guess it is a popular, pretty popular concept, <laughs> or at least so was then, in India. Right. So, um, what else, what else did I want to talk about? Oh yeah. So we've also got, uh, so we mentioned Don Kalfa, who's the hitman, and he is, he's amazing. Like yeah. his facial, like his reactions are so good. And he, every like, time I just like a pop out of his head. Uh, he's just this really fun character that I've always just forgotten about. And, um, Terry Kaiser who plays Bernie is awesome. He's so good. Yeah. Great at being, if you consider the fact that he's playing dead the entire time. Right. But when he's a, before he dies, he's well, still pretty good. He he really does the whole smarmy. Yeah, and you know what? He doesn't die for like thirty five minutes. Yeah, no, he's he <laughs> he makes it far enough. So uh, now I think we should just touch on the fact that Weekend at Bernie's did have a sequel. It did. It did. Four Weekend years at later. Weekend at Bernie's two. Weekend right. at Bernie's and two. We, and I haven't watched this one in forever. But it takes place. Where does it take place? Like in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean. Because yeah. there's voodoo there's, involved. There is a voodoo curse that somehow gets placed on Bernie. Yeah. Well, Bernie's. And there's something with the money that he embezzled is right. in a it's bank bar- account. It's, or it's, oh, maybe it's buried. It, well, I no no no. I know that it. We find out that it is on like the the bottom of the ocean somewhere. Okay. Because he, uh, yeah. So the the voodoo curse thing is put on him so that he leads them to the treasure. He self animates. It's crazy. There's a conga line at at a certain point. Right, and also uh, there was, and I'm trying to find the. What's up? I couldn't remember if there was a conga line or if that was just something. That... No, there is there is definitely a conga line. Yeah. Uh, but there is a musician who wrote a song that's like a dance that's based on Bernie's dance. I'm just looking up the uh, Weekend at Bernie's 2 trivia so I can pull up that information because it's important that we figure this out. You know, I did try, I visited the local like used DVD emporium where I thought maybe I could pick up a copy for a dollar and they did not, even in their dregs, did not have it anywhere. Weekend at Bernie's 2? Uh, filmed in the Virgin Islands. There were plans to do a third film, which never materialized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know what? I I don't know the name of the artist who does it, but at the end of the episode, that's a song that we're all going to hear. I can tell you awesome. that much. Awesome. Yeah. I can't so, wait. So, <laughs> uh, speaking about IMDb trivia, uh, did you notice the very last thing in the trivia under like, spoilers okay oh yeah the very last thing it says spoilers the trivia item below may give away important plot points and it just says body count one yes yes (laughs) whoever put that in there and 59 out of 78 found that interesting apparently i think it's so funny that somebody thought to put that in there well i mean i guess it's good to know that it, it, there's not really a lot of killing. It's not a very violent film, and you, no. you're probably going in knowing that the one person who who ends up dying is going to die. Right. Yeah. It's if you don't know that, then uh, that you've done no research going into it. And and I'm you kind of envious of of your experience of that movie. Yeah. Right. 
I want to know, what is it like to see Weekend at Bernie's and just not know what's going to happen and just think, hey, Richard and Larry and Bernie are going to become friends? (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, there's one more piece of fun information. Well, there's two more things. Uh, One of them I'm going to I'm going to save for a little bit. But uh, this is actually the screen debut of uh, Skeet Ulrich, who is the uh, he's an uncredited extra. I think he's just a party goer. Oh, so. All right, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. That was in the first Uh, one or the second one? The first one. The first one, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the second one, the second one, we can just touch on the fact that it existed. It's so bizarrely out there that, you know, okay, the first one, as crazy as it is, maybe there is a world in which this could happen. It'd be crazy and really screwed up, but like... There's nothing mystical about it. No, 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 no. In fact, I, I actually, I, I think it, it would actually, I think it makes more sense today. I think it's more plausible today than in 1989. And actually, I think that I read something. There was like a news story about somebody who got arrested because they were had they had a dead body that they kind of made animate to seem like they were still alive in the spirit of weekend at bernie's and uh we salute you sir don't do this at home does that headline start with florida man (laughs) it just might yeah it just might um Um, so i don't know is there anything you want to talk about with the second one further no not not really i just i feel like from what i remember it was very just sporadic and weird and like there wasn't a script and it was just like hey it would be funny if someone put voodoo on bernie and he just walked around by himself yeah and then they made a movie out of that idea you know it was the 90s uh the first one made money So why not? Yeah. I mean, that was pretty much it. It was just, let's take everything from the first one. And maybe, maybe they tried to be too original. Maybe I think they flew too close to the sun on that, (laughs) or or at least to the beach. Um, Yeah. Oh boy. So let's, let's do this. Let's, let's break it down. There'd be no point in doing a prequel because what kind of story are we going to tell about did this happen? These guys who work together. Well, believe it or not, when Richard and Larry were roommates in boarding school, this happened. Their third roommate, this was how they got, or no, it was in college. This was how they got 4.0s. They had a third roommate who killed himself. But it's so it's Dead Man on Campus, basically. It's the Dead, prequel man, on is Dead man on Campus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So got no it. prequel. No. Sorry. No prequel. Okay. No. So sequel, we would have to forget that the second one actually happened it is you know 30 years later and maybe something with their kids happens or like it's your kids sorry i don't know maybe i i don't know i i I really can't imagine what would happen to them 30 years there's because bernie is a skeleton well bernie's Um, burnt Bernie has been reincarnated into like a, a shrub at this point. Unless Bernie has a an identical twin brother. And then it's City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Uh, actually, I so I kind of think a Wait, but The Legend oh. of Curly's Gold that now that's weakened at Bernie's 2. The, the legend of Bernie's gold. The legend of Bernie's <laughs> gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're going back to get his, his buried treasure. Right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't... You know what? Maybe if we can at Bernie's too, it had some John Lovitz in it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, I feel like a sequel no. doesn't really work now. No. Uh, now, let's talk about the difference between a reboot and a remake. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to give a little bit of a breakdown? I guess so. So the way that I see it is is that a remake retains the plot of the original. It may make some changes in terms of the characters 
as far as names, genders, ethnicities, so on and so forth. But a, a remake will have the same plot. Like A Star is Born has been remade. There have been remake after right. remake. And I'm and I've only seen the newest one, but I'm sure that there were differences between that and the one that was made in like the 30s. So it's updated, right? But you're keeping the story and you're keeping the essence of of the characters, uh, if not keeping the characters intact as they were in in the original. I see a reboot as being, let's take these characters, but what we tried doing with them didn't work, or we kind of did that. So, like with Batman, Batman Perfect example. Well, Batman Begins was a reboot. It was, okay, this property is, you know, was kind of done. They did that style. They did, Tim Burton had his style, and then Joel Schumacher came and just... Uh, Tweaked it a little bit, uh, yeah. Li- like tweaked it, like like put it on crystal. Turn the meth. lights on a little bit more, and then flash them <laughs> on and off. Um, but so that had kind of that had been done. So when Warner wanted to reboot Batman, and I remember they their search for a director, and it was all of like the hot indie directors. It wasn't mm-hmm. just Dar- Christopher Nolan; it was Darren Aronofsky and like the right. Wachowskis were probably on that list somewhere but yeah so a reboot is saying well we're gonna take the characters and we're gonna put them in maybe a different context maybe a a new story different actors playing them it's what they've done with fantastic four right um so that's kind of where i see uh, a reboot kind of kind of happening versus where and a reboot a remake can just be a single film being remade yeah. a reboot seems to be okay let's start the franchise up again it's getting that old dusty sure. van that's on cinder blocks in the backyard and giving it a tune or the, up and, yeah or the old dusty ecto one yeah yes although that <laughs> apparently is a sequel we'll we'll get into ghostbusters of course at another time but so that and then so then you have when you have a sequel that's come you know that's entering the timeline at the same timeline but years and years later that's that's just a sequel it's not i don't see it as being it could be like a reboot but yeah i see it like jurassic world i see more as like a reboot like the jurassic world franchise is related to the jurassic park franchise but it's not the same yeah so anyway yeah i think so go on i was so i was gonna say i really think a remake of weekend at bernie's and i'm not advocating for this but if if there was a producer who just really wanted to do something with weekend at bernie's i think a remake could could really work well i'm imagining if you were to set it, I, and I thought of two possible settings, and if you could set it, and I think setting it today would be fantastic. And that floating party, I would have celebrity cameo after celebrity cameo. Oh, yeah. And and honestly, I was inspired a little bit. I watched the the Hulu's uh, documentary on Firefest. Oh yeah, <laughs> right around the same time as watching Weekend at Bernie's, and I just thought like these are <laughs> the people, like these are the people that sure. would be involved influencers. In this. So, yeah. like, what if Bernie was, you know, a, a Billy McFarlane type or... Oh, my God. Or, <laughs> you know, just a guy who gets in so way over his head and he thinks he's got more power than he does. And you have two low-level guys working for him who are like, uh, hey, Billy, we noticed this and this is weird. And they're like, Billy... And then Billy says to whoever his organized crime partners are Ja Rule it's he says to Ja Rule <laughs> we wipe you know let's let's get rid of the guys and Ja Rule says let's get rid of Billy Billy we can at Billy's <laughs> but so, but it, I would say that I mean and that's one so I could see him being that or like a Mark Zuckerberg type yeah um interesting just kind of being so you know over his head in wealth and and kind of like 
young and kind of naive. Yeah. I, I could see that being Bernie. The other, my other idea for it was set it in 1970s LA and have Bernie be like this Robert Evans type. <laughs> and, and, and to these, and like two aspiring actors who are doing like extra work for the studio. And maybe they got hired to do catering work at this party he has and right. they show up and, and he's dead. But I, I actually think the modern, like I'm imagining you see like Chloe Kardashian posts and, you know, an Instagram story and it's right. her with Bernie. <laughs> and yeah, well, so, so I think that what weekend at Bernie's, did that i i feel like the the plot works for like the two low-level guys who discover something is funky with the company i mean it did some weird things like in the beginning they have this fascination with going to the beach but like they can't because there's like a new york heat wave that everyone's like fixating on well yeah Um, they're up on the roof in the tar yeah, I feel like that was just kind of, they took it too far. But I thought that it was a really interesting way to get them at, like, to get them at the beach house. Right. Was to have this whole thing. And to give a reason why there could be some sort of murder mix-up situation. Because the the re, the the moment that the hit is put out on Bernie is because Bernie wants a hit put out on these guys. So... Right. I feel like that really worked. Yeah. And I agree with you that remake makes a lot of sense uh, as opposed to reboot because I feel like there's a, that plot could still work right now. It totally could work. Agree. And as far as casting goes, I was thinking that it would be actually fun if it was like, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, like John Mulaney as the Richard, <laughs> Nick Kroll as Larry, and then um, uh, Paulie, the hitman, Jason Manzukis. Okay, yeah. Uh, for Bernie, I was thinking someone like Jim Carrey. Who's, oh my. You know, clearly got the chops for it and could really do a lot with it and is definitely age appropriate. Are you showing me Jim Carrey on your uh, notes? I am showing you that that is the very first casting idea I had for Bernie was Jim Carrey. That's mine too. I also put Eugene, uh, Eugene Levy, but I think that's also because I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek and I just enjoy him a lot. Yeah. Uh, so what I, what, I'm sorry, what's up? Oh no, it's well in thinking I was trying, I was kind of trying to think about, I was like, who are the 21st century Silverman McCarthy and and then I was thinking about Wedding Crashers because I was like, oh, uh-huh. that, this would kind of like if this was 15 years ago, it would be yeah. Vince Vaughn and, and Owen Vince Wilson. Vaughn. Right. So I, I, I'm i going to talk about um, maybe a gender flip in a moment. But while I'm on the subject of them, and actually this could work also if it was a gender flip, but I feel like the perfect person to direct this is none other than the kid who's a total brat and is like burying Bernie in the sand, Jason Wolliner. Right. Jason Wolliner plays the little bratty kid. And if you don't know who Jason Wolliner is, he is, uh, he directed a lot of episodes of like human giant. Um, he did last man on last man on earth, Nathan for you. Um, a lot of those like really ridiculous, like adult swimmy kind of shows. So uh, he did some like Parks and Rec episodes. Yeah. Um, so he's he's there. Like that's that's the right person for it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. And I was also I was I was thinking about it because I was just looking at what the, here's my one note is is just it just says Bernie Sanders. I was like um, I was like do we do Weekend well, at Bernie Sanders? <laughs> well, that's the thing is like Weekend at Bernie's also got this zap of popularity during the you know presidential primary campaign (laughs) of bernie sanders because his name is bernie so this is the other bernie not not anything to do with embezzling or laundering money um another idea i had for a potential remake would be what do you what would you think of going r-rated huh yeah i think there's i mean look it's 
the Vito's wife sleep Tina sleeps with dead Bernie. She has sex right. with dead Bernie in You the don't movie. see it, but it is implied. It is certainly implied. Um we do have one F bomb in the movie, which I when I heard that line, I I laughed out loud. Wait, I, when was that? I at at the party when when uh, Andrew McCarthy is just trying to hit on everybody. He goes up to this woman, and just like leans up uh, against the wall, and he, and he goes, "I'm Larry." She just looks at him and goes, "Fuck off, Larry." Oh yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So um, but, and then another weird, so another crazy thing at the party that I was like, oh, "This might this would either have to change or go," is all of the creepy old guys hitting on. Gwen. Captain yeah, and there's the uh, another thing that would have to go is in the suicide note that Bernie wrote to make it seem like Larry and Richard did a murder suicide. It's implying that Larry is going to have was going to have a sex change. They're doing a dog yeah. day afternoon thing. They're basic. They're basically like they're. It was the dog day afternoon thing about yeah. This is uh you know he wants to have a sex change and yeah double suicide right. or murder suicide. So um, another idea, since you're talking about maybe R rated, did you see Game Night? Yes. Yes. I feel like because that was directed by John Francis Daly of Freaks mm-hmm. and Geeks. Yes. Uh, and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, Mark Perez wrote it. That would be a really good team to to get it going mm. because I, yeah. I thought that game night was fantastic. And it was kind so of, well done. And definitely in the vein of what a weekend at yes. Bernie's remake could really work as. Right. Yeah, um, I was and, also uh, thinking Weekend at Bernie's would make an awesome Broadway musical since the <laughs> movies of the Cineplex of the 80s and 90s is the Broadway of 2019. Wow, you heard it here. <laughs> well, I mean, every like it's like every it's like, oh, OK, Legally Blonde, Mulan, right. is Memento the musical. Like, when are we getting that? Um, the Matrix. From your mouth to... Uh... Scott Rudin's ears. I don't know. Scott Rudin's ears. Uh, so another thing that I was thinking, um, <laughs> if and this is a this would be the gender flip casting. Okay. A perfect female version of Larry, Kate McKinnon. Okay. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking. I I couldn't think of a good Richard. Maybe like, I'm somebody that's a little bit more serious. I feel like someone like Zoe Saldana or. You know, someone that could. What about Allison more... Brie? I could see Allison Brie, or Brie Larson, if we're talking Brie people. Um, and then Kristen Wiig as Bernie. Okay, yeah. So if you were doing a, a, a an entirely a female weekend at Bernie's, sure. yeah, yeah. So because I, I was um, thinking about if you, what if you did, but I'm like that would be awkward if Bernie was a woman and Richard and Larry were guys, and then that's yeah, yeah. I, and then uh, for a director, I thought a good female director would be Susanna Fogel, who did The Spy Who Dumped Me. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was quite enjoyable. I haven't seen it yet, but I've, it's pretty I've, good. This is what I've heard. Um, I hear good things. Another director I was thinking is actually Dax Shepard. Because I don't know if you watched The Chips. I I guess reboot because that was from a TV show, but it, yeah. It's not bad. I'd like Dax Shepard. And it's and it's kind of that same spirit where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, kind of goofball and absurd. Yeah. I don't know. There were, so I thought that, that could also work. That could work. There were a few other changes that I that I was thinking about. Um, especially if you were to kind of keep the keep the genders the same, because the mm-hmm. Gwen the Gwen role is very much the you know, damsel in distress, I guess, kind of. Um, though she does make eh. the first move with Richard. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I, I just, I was kind of thinking, I was like, what if, what if the whole time, what if you took out the, uh, what if we know there's a hitman, but we don't know who the hitman is? And you add in that factor of, all right, the hitman is one of these people 
on you know on the island sure. or in the Hamptons. Yeah. What if it turns out to be Gwen? And what if right. like because you know she's just she got this job, she got this internship. All of a sudden, that's her last day. Um, so what if the whole way that she got that internship was through the the mob or or whoever it is right. in this case? Well, yeah, because to all keep that we an eye on her. Because Gwen got the internship because her parents are friends of Bernie's. Yeah. It's pretty vague. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be very interesting. I was thinking, you know, you have that connection, then you have you have Gwen who's kind of she knows that she's botched this assassin this assassination, and the only way that she can get the job done is to is is to get involved right. with Richard. Man, all right, you're writing it. Here I mean, yeah, I, I was definitely I was thinking about that. Uh, I was also <laughs> I'm also imagining I was just I was also I was thinking about okay like remaking this. I was like, what are all the benefits to remaking it? I'm like I'm imagining at one point someone clicks on YouTube and they see videos of Bernie water the Bernie water skiing scene when his body is just being dragged behind the. The motorboat. You know, right. You know, I, I always, in my mind, remembered it as him kind of being upright, which he never is during the, like, being dragged by the boat situation. I think in the trailer he is. Really? I, because I have a distinct memory of that, and when I watched it, I remember thinking, like, oh, okay, so I guess they just drag him behind and he hits his head on the buoys. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like I have a memory of him at one point, like being up on like a leg or. <laughs> I don't I, know. Maybe that's. Maybe it was just a Terry Kaiser water skiing video and I'm confused. I don't know. You did have that collection of Terry Kaiser uh, VHS tapes where yeah. he just water skis the whole well, time. Was Terry so Kaiser doing random possible. outdoor activities and sports? Terry Kaiser so, croquet. Terry Kaiser, aside from the Weekend at Bernie's movies, did he do much else? I want to say he was um, on uh, a TV show. I think it. I think he was on a comedy show. I'm just. I'm. I'm looking this up to double check. But I remember him being part. He was in a Friday the Thirteenth. But that's part seven. I think he was in Friday. <laughs> I don't. Oh, he was on Lois and Clark. But I feel like he was on a Johnny Dynamo bailout. Oh, he did an episode of 227. Looks like he did one episode of a lot of things. He did one episode of a lot. Yeah. Teddy Z. Wow. Oh, Oh, that's what he was in. He was in Mannequin 2 on the move. Oh, wow. Okay. Which, Which I did... never really put together, but he is the weird sorcerer guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which ironically did not star Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy, who was in the first one. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy. Well, how about yeah. that? He, well, <laughs> the, the, the Kaiser-McCarthy connection. Yeah. So, Slightly broken, but pretty solid in Weekend at Bernie's. So, oh, wow. And then I've, sorry, I just, we made another connection because Mannequin also featured G.W. Bailey. Oh, of Short yes. Circuit. Wow. Two episodes in, two mentions of Mannequin, <laughs> which are not the subject of either of these episodes. Nope. Oh, my God. If you're doing a drinking game, just take a drink every time we talk about a movie that is not at all related to the focus of the episode. If you want to hear something weird, also, in the last episode, uh, Mindy Kaling came up as a possible casting choice in a Short Circuit remake. And right after we recorded that episode, I recorded one of my other podcasts, Louise it to Beaver, the definitive Leave it to Beaver yes. 2019 critique podcast. And my There's none other as far as I'm concerned. Louise, the, there are none other. Uh, the Louise, my uh, my co-host, she brought up Mindy Kaling out of nowhere. And I was like, this is super weird. 
because I don't think she's ever come up on anything I've ever recorded ever. And here we are, two in a row. Yeah. So anyway, life is yeah. weird and there are coincidences. But <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the uh, new title of the show. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so anyway, do you have any final thoughts about a Weekend at Bernie's resurrection? I mean, Ooh, that could be what it's called. <laughs> Weekend at Burnt. Yeah, but that implies sequel. Hey, you know what? I got to see Terry Kaiser back in action. I mean, I think I would really just just call it Weekend well, at Bernie's. And here, well, but here's the other here's the other thing, Dan. Let's talk about this for a second. Mm. Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, what they do is completely screwed up, but not, you know, impossible. Right. Weekend at Bernie's two. Totally out there. Absurd. Weekend at Bernie's 3 go crazy balls to the wall. Completely insane. What if they go into space? Bernie in space. Well, what if like Bernie's body was like frozen or something and somehow he gets resurrected? I don't know. I don't remember what happens to his body at the end of part two. But all I'm thinking is... He congas off into the sunset. (laughs) Yeah, actually, he might. He, I would I, not yeah, be surprised if that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so I just, I, you know, I, I, I want to point out there's some other weekend. At, I think weekend at Bernie's, the original 1989, gets written off a lot as a stupid movie. There is comedically, there is some fantastic stuff in there. There's, there is the one. There's the moment at at the end when Don Kalfa is in there and he's like finally gonna kill Bernie and at one point and, and the opera music is playing in the background oh, yeah. and right at the moment that the the aria hits its high note is when Bernie's dead leg comes up and kicks Don Kalfa in the nuts oh, yeah. and it's just so perfectly timed um so I, I, I not only think a remake, but I think a lot of those bits, Bernie washing up on the shore when Richard and Gwen are making out. Um, Which is really screwed up. But there also are... <laughs> the very the very end when they're all just kind of like sitting, the th- um, Richard, Larry, and Gwen are just like sitting on the sand and like saying like, what a crazy weekend or whatever. Yeah. And then like <laughs> Bernie, like the stretcher goes down the ramp and it kind of pops him off and he just like flops and sits down next to them. Yes. That's really funny. Yes. And it's like really well done. Yes. I agree. So and then Jason Walliner starts burying him in the sand. Exactly. And I love that. I actually, I have, I have kid burying Bernie must stay. So I really think that there's a lot of different ways you could go with it. And not that I, think there's a need to remake weekend at bernie's but i actually think it could be remade and it could be a quality comedy you know there's no need to remake anything there's no No. need to make movies at all but this it would be fun to have a a new weekend at bernie's a weekend at bernie's for a new generation yeah you know what it wouldn't erase the first one it's not like people love the first one so much that a new one would uh, erase it from people's hearts you know it it wouldn't ruin any childhoods but no way no and i I actually i think it fits well with the context of like i said like the you know the fire fest um right cluster i love the idea of incorporating the the fire fest yeah, I mean, it just it it just makes sense, and I'm just because I'm I'm seeing I'm watching like the Firefest videos, and and there's like all these people partying, and I'm just like that's that's the floating party at at Bernie's, and it's everyone who's just so wrapped up in themselves that they don't even notice there's a corpse on the couch, and right, and it's all about okay, who can take the most fun? Fi- oh, he's passed out. Like I'm drawing with sharp. Like someone's got to draw a dick well, on his face with a sharpie or something. It also makes me wonder. What were like previous weekends like at Bernie's where it's normal for him to just be like conked out on the couch with like a weird grin on his face? Well, um, the, the, the woman who goes reaching into his pockets is not at all surprised when she finds heroin. So, right. 
Yeah. That uh, that should be an indicator of what weekend she actually like. implies that it's supposed to be there for. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what she was expecting. So. So. Yeah. It works. I think. I think an R-rated weekend at Bernie's could be pretty damn yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. To die for. Uh, s- <laughs> to die for. We could talk about that one another time. Great flick. So anyway, uh, I feel like we we've. We've discussed this one enough. We've come to a conclusion. If you, the listener, have thoughts on Weekend at Bernie's, you can write to us at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Uh, and follow Dan, us should on we, should we follow us on the Instagram? Yeah, Ruin Childhoods Pod. And just to tee up the next episode, as Ooh. it is early February. Yes. The next episode. It's going to be Groundhog Groundhog's Day. Day. <laughs> Cue so up the sunny and chair. Groundhog Day. Yeah. So uh, if you have any thoughts about Groundhog Day, you can also write to us uh, before the next episode, and we can definitely bring up any of the points that you have, any of the ideas that you have, any casting, if you were to remake it, uh, ideas for sequels, ideas for prequels. I don't know. Why not? Maybe we just want to know about the rise of a arrogant weatherman the young phil connors yeah so anyway that's not what we're talking about this time we're going to talk about that next time um but it has been great talking to you about weekend at bernie's and all of these things i i have been so excited to do this and i'm i'm really excited that we have this podcast out there uh if you haven't already uh you can subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening to it on and uh rate and review us especially on apple podcasts or itunes it just kind of bumps us up in the rankings and more people can find out about it and uh and that's a cool thing get the word out there yeah awesome get the word out there all right all right shall we do the shall we do the bernie dance from weekend at bernie's too at cue up the cue up the Bernie's dance mix and let's conga our asses out of here.
weekend. We do this every weekend. We moving like burning. What you thinking? I'm thinking about freaking. We headed to the beacon. We moving like burning. Moving like burning. We moving like burning. Well, it's the weekend. We moving like burning. Moving like burning. We moving like burning. Well, it's the weekend. We moving like burning. What you drinking? Gone, let it sink in. We do this every weekend. We moving like burning. What you thinking? I'm thinking about freaking. We headed to the beacon. We moving like burning. Moving like burning. We moving like burning. Well, it's the weekend. We moving like burning. Moving like burning. We moving like burning. Well, it's the weekend. We moving like burning.